0: you yeah. <laughs> good. Hey, what's happening with the world? Happy New Year. Welcome to another episode of the Mouse Talk Podcast. I am your host Mr. JJ Mouse. Man, we kicking it off brand new year, brand new content, and it's an honor to have my brother right here as my very first guest of the year. Uh this man has best have been putting it down for a very long time. He's no working at this, and the only reason why I know of him or know of him is because the work that he's done with such greats like Jay Discreet and others like that. And um, I'm very proud that he's to the point where he's opened his own studio facility and he's given other young artists a chance. Not only he's a great producer, he's a great engineer. So um, I've always heard great things about him. So it's an honor to have him on my platform. So we don't get to know more about him and know more about his journey. So please show your love, show your respect, and give your attention to the one and only Chris Jerry, AKA slim pro what's happening with it man
1: what's up man what's going on
0: i ain't with nothing with it man just, just I to... man no problem no problem man like i said i only knew through you do jay discreet like the work that you did yeah. with him and like the production work so and the fact that we've been actually facebook friends for a very long time yeah. and it's like no i like and then when you uh start sharing the news so you've been in the paper and stuff like that um if yeah. You you uh, opened up your own facility, that's like, I got to tap in with, bro. Like, I want to know more about yeah. his story. But, but before we get into any interview questions, I would like to know, how are you doing? How's your family doing? How's your mental and everything, man?
1: Man, my mental good, man. You know, just family good. You know, my kids, my my wife, you know, we good. Everybody good over here. You know, nobody's stressing about nothing.
0: I love to hear that, man. With so much negative going on, I love to hear positive, man. So yeah. we are going to start at the genesis of a young Slim Pro. Now, you had the uh, privilege of having the best of both worlds growing up in, I'm saying, in Memphis and South Haven. Now, as, you're, um, as you were growing up in Memphis, what part of Memphis were you uh, raised in? Like you was coming up? in uh,
1: Man, actually not too far away from South Haven. I grew up in uh, southeast Memphis uh, right off of Shelby Drive. To the Road, like uh, up in that okay. little area, White almost White Haven, but not. Right,
0: okay, Whitehaven area and stuff like this. Yeah,
1: okay, right, right, uh, closer to um, the state line. So, yeah, yeah. the I sub remember. we call it the sub growing up.
0: Yeah, I remember being out there because uh, I had a best friend. Um, he lived out there. What's the apartment it called? It was called Flairwood at the time. Yeah, Flairwood, there. Flairwood right now. Yeah, I used to be out there a the lot growing up, so it used to be yeah. fun out there. We used, used to, to hit the pool out there a lot. Yes. Back uh, in the day. how would you describe the household you grew up in?
1: Man, the household was good. I grew up, you know, with my mom, my dad, you know, two brothers. I got an older brother and a younger brother, so we were all connected, you know. So it was a good, it was a good, healthy environment in, in our household.
0: Oh man, that's definitely great to hear. Because a lot of times when it comes to uh, brothers like us, we don't hear that that often, man. So that's definitely yeah. my dear man. Now, can you remember when I say the music bug bit you, like you fell in love with it, like you wasn't doing anything, like you wasn't producing anything, but you just, yeah. you just couldn't escape the love for it? Like, when do you remember, like your first love, like far as like listening to music and diving into it?
1: Yeah, um man, it's funny you say that because I feel like the music bug hit me when I was probably like nine or ten years old, like. Uh, I used to always ask my dad to uh, put it on B.B. King because they used to uh, play B.B. King a lot. And my favorite song was The Thrill Is Gone. So, man, it was like I wanted to hear that song over and over and over again. I just love the way he played the guitar. And I would always remember my dad saying, you know, I want, if you ever grow up and play instruments, I want you to play the guitar. So that was kind of my first love, like my first music But you know, as you would say.
0: Now... Um, as I was doing my research, I know that you were in band as far as in high school, but were you doing anything like uh, at a young age, far like choir or anything, being in church choir or anything like that?
1: Um, at a young age, no. Like uh, before band, it was pretty much uh, to be completely honest, it was sports. But um, if I had to put my put my uh, finger on it, it would. Probably, I played a little bit of drums at the church. You know, that was kind of my thing. You know, okay. like I wanted to get on the drum set at the church and stuff, but they wouldn't let me get on there because I was too so young. You know, you gotta wait your turn.
0: Yeah, you definitely <laughs> got, to, man. You got to. You got to play your part, play your position, and wait for your turn, man. So I That's definitely true. understand. Now yep. you said uh it was sports. Like, what were you into? Was it both basketball, football? Was it anything else?
1: Man, I was a uh, man. My my first dream, like I thought I wanted to be a football player. You know, so. I played running back, you know, and wow. like, oh, yeah, pop run, pop Warner, um, all the way up to um junior high school. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, yeah, yeah, junior, uh, not junior high school, but uh, seventh grade, okay, uh, yeah. And um, I was a diehard, um, a Dallas Cowboy fan, man. I, <laughs> yeah, I grew up hey. in the era, man. You know, when I'm talking about the Emmy Smith, the glory I- days, the glory days, yes, so. I wanted to be like Emmitt Smith, and everybody used to call me uh, Little Emmitt and ba- uh, Baby Sanders, ba- Barry Sanders. And so I used to try to mimic their moves. and I was a little guy. Like, I wasn't a big guy. I was just real shifty. You know, so that was I, – I had a feeling in my fed in my head that I was going to be a football player. All
0: right. And then do you recall when, like, I guess that transition happened that you kind of, like, kind of lacked away from football, and then that's when you –
1: Probably like it's migrated to music. Seventh grade, man. Uh, man, the, the kid, the, the big kids that went to my high school, O'Caven, okay, well, it was seventh grade. O'Caven okay, had seven through 12. So they didn't have a, um, a junior varsity or a, a middle school, really, a, a yeah, seventh grade team, anything like that. So uh, they will always tell me, like, you come out there and wait your turn. You know, like I was like, so I would show up at football practice with the big kids, like mm-hmm. the seniors and the juniors and the sophomores. And uh I just remember just thinking to myself, like I it ain't I'm never gonna get on the field, and like these kids bigger than me. Like my dad, I remember my dad told me one time, he was like, You're gonna go out there and get yourself hurt, kid. You know, and, and this, I was like, hey, it's yeah, they built a little fear in me, and I was like, and then my coaches, I, I showed up, to, I went to uh, one of our games, and we got, our team got blew out by, like, 72 to, like, five or six, and uh, I remember from that day forward, um, I was like, I still would show up, but, like, I would, like, not go to football practice. I would, like, leave football practice early, and one day, I went over to the band hall, and that's, that's how I got started with band, like, I heard... Somebody playing music in there, and I was just walking the campus, the high school campus, and I heard somebody playing music. And I was like, "What's going on in there?" And I walked in, and that from that day forward, that's when I started my music journey and on the on the uh, band side.
0: And it's been music ever since. And you started with trumpet first, and then yeah, you've been looking
1: it. I see, yeah, I see, you looked it, looked uh, saw there
0: Yeah, you oh, started man. with trumpet first, and then you're like you know what. Like uh, I like the drums. I'm like can you give me some. You know what I'm saying you can give me some females. Like they getting. You know what I'm saying getting yeah. them looking at me and stuff like that. But you. you know what I'm saying but you. But you got the talent for it though. It. it you know what I'm saying you. You're very talented. So, say so you really yeah. got at it. So how long did you uh, stick with drums? Like to all the way through school.
1: So I started playing. Um, I started in, let's say, ninth grade. I was on a. um I was on the, uh, the Jamboree squad, you know, in Memphis. Mm-hmm. They got they got, the drum, they got the drum line with the school. Like my, my band, director wouldn't let me play with the uh, drums during the marching season. But when we had Jamboree, she let me yes. play the drums. Mm-hmm. So, but I was still going back and forth. But I went completely drums like my 10th grade year when I moved to South Haven. Well, mm-hmm. nope. Then my 11th grade year is when I went completely drums. That's so all I did was play on the drum line. And I rolled that out all the way into college. And uh, I, I, got a, I got a full ride to uh, uh, Northwest Community College. In yeah. San Diego.
0: Now, I want to know take me back to the day uh, when your brother that bought Fruit Loops software. Take me back to it And yeah. you really started playing with fruity Loops and really started.
1: Yeah, so you was just a little choppy on that. Um, I, I think I got uh most of what you were saying. Um, so man, I'll take you a little bit before then. Like, I never really told a lot of people, but I was trying to make beats um with loops, and I would like, I heard like this. This intro to one of the BET um, shows that used to come on in the in the early mornings. And I put the microphone. Uh, we had a karaoke machine because my mom's a singer, right? So she I put the microphone up to the TV and I kept and I tried to loop it to where it built like I tried to sample that from the TV, recorded onto the dual. I had a dual uh, tape set on that karaoke yep. machine. So I'll record it and then I'll I'll um, save it onto uh, the other tape and keep trying to loop it, loop it, loop it, loop it. And it just wasn't working. I was like, man, that's not, it just sounds horrible because I could never catch a steady beat. So when my brother bought home Fruit Loops one time, I was like, dang, this is like, this is the key. Like, but the thing is, he didn't want, he, he bought it for he bought it home for a sale. So it was like a little big brother, little brother stuff. Like he was like, man, get back. It's not yours.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I
1: would like sit in there and just watch him like all day. Like out whenever he was in there until he got tired. And eventually he he kind of like got a little uh frustrated with Fruit Loops. And I he stopped coming in there so much. Like he was like, and then he would uh oh he dropped the his signal dropped off. Show I would take it back in there you go Jay you in there, yep. Here we go. you back.
0: There we go. Yep. Now, you said he stopped coming in, and, like, that's when you started to get more practice in.
1: Yep, yep. I started. And me, like, I'm a problem solver. Like, I don't let anything defeat me. Like, I'm kind of, like, stubborn. I'm real. And that's my stubborn side. So I stuck with it, and uh, I would just, man, competitive, repetitively make tracks. And i kind of um started i got a little frustrated myself because fruit loops was a little weird back in the day it wasn't nowhere near where way it was now it was like one of the first versions by the way
0: i remember i remember having I the full I, I definitely remember having the full because i had it um i had the demo version yep that's what had yep i had the demo version and then at the time i was an inspire um in a uh, rapper and I was working with a producer, and he, uh, I guess he burned it for me and he gave me the full the full program. And I had all nothing but loops, had a whole bunch of stuff, but it was just, it was kind of frustrating. And I kind of, yeah. like, very time consuming too. Yes. I'm like, how am I, like, I'm, I'm trying to add more to uh, what I'm doing, like being a producer and being a rapper. So I'm mm. trying to add more to my repertoire. And I was like, how the hell am I supposed to, like, create this, then write to it and. So I just like, you know what, forget it. So, yep. so I'm, all, I'm it. glad you stuck too. I'm glad you stuck too. Yeah. So that's yeah. what happened with that. Now, it got to a point where, now I was reading uh, that you sold your first beat on MySpace. Yep. And after that, like, um, did like, people just started getting at you for tracks? Like, did you just like put like, I guess putting samples out or a little uh, samples out, let people know you're like, hey, I make beats. Yeah.
1: So, kind of, sort of like, uh, after I sold my first beat, um, I started uh, it, that's when I was in Northwest Community College and people started coming to me on the campus. Oh, okay. you know. Um, people started, uh, you know, coming to my, um, because my dorm room we had a studio, we had like the it was a basic, right? It had the, well, it was a, it was a best studio you would, you would probably see on a campus in a campus dorm room. <laughs> Had the mic in the closet, so we would have people come by and just listen to some tracks and stuff. And um, yeah, so I would start making beats with people on the campus.
0: Oh man, so yeah, that's how they work, that word of mouth definitely got spread around. Yeah, now along the way of your journey, like uh besides of course, we know Jay Discreet, who are some of the other artists that you uh like start linking up with and like building relationships with?
1: Oh man, uh so (laughs) <laughs> Walker Flocka was one of the first people, like big artists that I kind of started linking up with. Like I um I met up with his manager through my I had a manager. Um I started linking up with him. Uh we would I would go to Atlanta. Uh so that was one of the people. Uh then I started working with a guy um off of um what label is he signed to? Uh, I wanna say Sony. Um he just actually had this hot ticks he had this hot tick tock singer right now called Push It, Push It, Push It.
0: Oh uh, okay, yeah, okay, okay, okay.
1: Yeah, so I was working with him about 10 years ago. Well, not so long ago, like it was probably like eight years ago. And he was signed under Playing Skills at the time. He had a single out, it was doing actually really good. Uh then Paul Wall. Um I actually did a track with him, my guy in Texas, that um uh, I linked up with through the military, then um, I did something. I did a, a little mixtape with a little flip. Um yes. You know I did, and then just in between, I was I did stuff with caches. I did a, a song with caches from uh, Shady Records. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, that was actually unique because I didn't expect that. But man, shout out to my guy Rock Ali, man. He actually linked me in with a lot of Texas folks. Um Damn. the guy yeah, uh, resume. Yeah, the guy um that did the record. Um he had this one big single out in Texas, it's called um Home Girl. I can't think of his name right now. He's probably gonna kill me for messing up his name.
0: It'll pop uh, in your head when you're not on thinking.
1: the Mac on the Mac. Okay, yeah. I, I I was I was just writing something from him for him the other day. I did some tracks on his mixtape so. Man, the list goes on, man. But yeah, I, I did a lot of um salute.
0: Yeah, salute, man. That. You have a very impressive resume. Now, yeah, as it. you as you're coming along in your journey, you working with a lot of artists and stuff like that. Uh, are you already on your business stuff?
1: Yeah, when you say my business stuff, you mean like royalties and stuff like that? Yeah, as
0: like far as knowing your paperwork and just like knowing yeah. to make sure that you're not you're not getting the raw end of the deal.
1: Yeah, and I forgot to and i I forgot to mention little chat too. I shout did out I to Chat. yeah, shout out to chat, yeah, because she was one of the first people, a big artist in, in Nasty Nardo. Like I did some songs with him. Shout too. out to the OG. <laughs> yeah, so, shout out to Nasty Nardo, man. Uh he man, he's a good dude. So yeah, anyways, the music, my manager put me in on that. Like she made sure I had my uh my publishing. I got a publishing through CSAC. Uh, I got uh, you know all my paperwork lined up, so I, I even have my own personal contracts so I give people um, that uh, that whenever they buy a beat, it's an non-exclusive, and we got the splits and everything. So yeah, I'm I'm pretty much covered.
0: Oh, man, like to uh, any young artists who may be listening or uh, viewing this, listen to this man. You heard what he said? Split yeah. sheets. Yeah, uh, producers yeah. don't come with that. And like when it's split sheets they let you know what percentage of the records you you and the producer get. Mm-hmm. Like it's more than just going to the studio, dropping the track and say, All right, I'm putting it out, uh putting it out through a distributor and putting it out on the internet. It's way more than it. So yeah. I salute the fact that you definitely in it. Now, yeah. uh far as your manager goes, like how how did that uh, how did that relationship come about? Like how did you meet your manager? <laughs>
1: I'm, I see, I'm, I left a lot of people out. So um, Scarface artist Young Malice hit me up on Twitter one time, and he was mm-hmm. like, "Man, your your stuff is dope!" Like, and come to find out that my manager was managing him, and she's like, "I want to bring you on um, as a client as the client." So at first, it was just originally supposed to be me, Young malice and Twister. Like, I was supposed to be producing for those who people mm-hmm. like twister and young malice but twister started going on the road he kind of went like far out like he never really kind of really met the circle like I seen some tracks he listened boom boom but anyways long story short then I started working exclusively with my manager she I I inked a little uh 20 deal with her and um it was that it was that's how I met her through young malice a young young uh I mean Scarface's artist nice
0: now one thing i um i can just tell about you just like your whole aura like you're a very positive and stand-up person man but i want to know with someone like you who has a lot of experience dealing with the industry man what are some of the things that you probably had to deal with that you can do without far as dealing with the game
1: man (laughs) that's that's kind of crazy because um man the game It has a lot of people with different motives and angles and stuff like that. So you don't really know what people.
0: Intentions. You don't really
1: know what their intentions are. So you kind of have your guard up a little bit. But at the same time, you try to build. You got to build relationships with people on the front end. So, you know, and there are a lot of divas in the industry. Like people think that just because. They're at a higher statue. That the only thing you want them for is that's to be in their crew and stuff like that. Everybody in the industry wants to be somebody, so everybody's kind of fighting to get it's like a every, everybody's trying to fight and kind of like brown nose a little bit to kind of like get their way to the top and stuff like that. So, some people that you think you're cool with or you built their relationship with, they might end up like disowning you as a you know as a relationship and kind of like backstab you a little bit because they to get to where they need to go so that's one thing i don't really like it's kind of my my withdrawal from the industry that's actually you know what kind of turns me off about it like is you can't it's like it's almost like it's just kind of cutthroat i'm sure a lot of people heard that before
0: yeah Has there been, like, even with everything that you've done and the people that you work with, have there ever been some times where you just, like, you really, like, I guess you felt drained. You don't feel like you don't want to deal with it no more, or you need to take a break. Has there been a lot of moments like that?
1: Man, it's been a few. Actually, my biggest moment, it was when me and Street was, um, you know, trying to do shows and stuff, and we got shafted and, and it, i was kind of young in the game and it, it, i almost wanted to quit because we worked hard on our first mixtape and we got kind of got handed the shaft on the show and man i just remember that night i just sat on the couch just after i had i had a management and management deal with people in the industry and i was like "Man, i'm tired like if this is what the industry gonna be about like i don't want to have no parts of it because it's training when you Think, like I said, build relationships with people and everybody, and a lot of people just out for themselves. So I just like, man. That's and then you try to protect your energy too. So when you protect, try to protect your energy, you know, and people come with these weird angles, like you just, just get frustrated.
0: Facts, facts. Now, uh, I had Street on here a couple of times. Shout out to Street, he spoke very highly to you. Now yeah. I'm trying to see if I can remember. Was the first tape you all worked on "Walk the Line" or was there a tape before
1: that? "Walk the Line" one, you know. Okay, I just wanted to make sure I was correct on it. it. But in college, we was working on some stuff. We just never put it out. Like that's when I first met Street in college, and he was one of the people to come by the dorm hall and re- dorm room and record. And we linked up maybe like five, maybe five years after, maybe something like that.
0: Now, from you being a producer, like he spoke about his experience being the, being the artist, talking about building the, uh, the first Walk the Line. I want to know from your take, how was it, you know, you guys coming together and building that musical chemistry to put out that first Walk the Line and then you have, you know what I'm saying, the other Walk the Line follow behind it?
1: Yeah. So the original idea was kind of like to build on detour. Um, he was working on a detour and uh, man, I told him one day we were riding out to Atlanta. I was like, man, we gotta do something better. And I, he got, I could tell, uh, she got a little mad, man, when I was like, he wasn't up the park, he wasn't really here. But at the end of the trip, because we drove to Atlanta, like we was driving back, and uh, we had like a long discussion, he was like, you right about that. Like, slam, I ain't never heard nobody tell it to me like that. And I was like, so when we got back. We got the work on. We just start recording. You know, we just start. And I was going in the mind frame that let's do something different. Let's put together something unique. But at the same time, let's just do us. Like, let's not try to force anything. Let's not try to say we're coming up with hits. And let's just make every track a hit, our best gig. So we didn't, it was, we didn't actually say it was Walk the Line. until so one day we made a song called Walk the Line. And I was listening to it. And uh, it was a song. Shout out to Queen Harris, man. I work with him too. Um, it was that song, and I was like, Jay, like I feel like listening to all these songs. That was "Walk the Line." Song was probably like the eighth song we might have did. And I was like, Dude, like this is telling your story. Like this is what you need to. This is this is what I said. Jesus the Snowman, like he had that That was his thing. Like Gucci man, like everybody has their thing. I feel like. The stories you're telling on these songs, this is what you need to, you know, stick with. You need to walk the. This is this can be a thing. Walk the line. And he was like, right. Was
0: you was know. producing. You was really producing him. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I was really pro- like we. Uh, we changed his name. You know, my manager actually suggested that. She was like Slim. Like I love Street. I love Street. that's what it was J Street back in the day. She was like I love Street, but. Y'all need to come up with a different name. Like it's just too, it's too many J Streets out there. Man, we sat me and Street. Like we did the old uh, Temptation. Like, we sat in the front yard. And all this <laughs> 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 no, this way. No, we sat. <laughs> no, we was in my. We were just in my room. And, and actually, uh, we didn't come up with it that day. And one day it just hit me. Like I was like, it's like discreet, like. We just kind of we started playing with the words and we started playing with how it looks on paper and it was like Jade's creek and after that J creek walked the line that was our first boom you know project oh,
0: man. now i want to know how did you come up with your name slim pro
1: so slim i got that uh in college like a lot of people was like um uh, start calling me slim because i was real skinny like <laughs> It, it's a given, it's right? A given, was, they give you that name. Oh, yeah. I was like super skinny. Like I was like a buck 25, a buck 30, a five, nine, you know, like I was skinny. And um, I was in the military, I was in the Navy. And, and my guy was telling me, he's like, he's like, Slim, that's just too basic, dude. Like you need to, you know, you need to enhance it. It's too many slims, you know. This is before Jada Screen. uh before we did. You know, so when I just started brainstorming and Slim Production was always my thing. Like, I think I came over, I forgot when I came over with Slim Production. I think I came over with that too in high school. Mm-hmm. I was making a in high school. But um, I was like, all right. I think one day I was just like, I think I'm just going to put Slim Production together and put Slim Pro. And I felt like they had like a, little, a good little ring to it. So that's why I came over with Slim Pro. Nice.
0: Now, you said um, you were in the Navy. How long were you in the Navy?
1: Uh, Four years active duty. But I technically did a little bit more in reserve. So I always just say about six years.
0: Okay. Was it uh, right after high school? Or what period of uh, your life did you end up joining the Navy?
1: Man, when I found out in college that I didn't like band as much as I thought, I didn't want to be a music teacher. I didn't see a feature oh. in that. Yeah, so I dropped out and my parents was mad at me, man. They was mad cuz I had a full ride. But
0: Oh, okay, okay, mm-hmm.
1: okay. So I went straight to college. I mean, I went straight to uh probably like 6 months later, I went to the Navy after that. A little bit longer maybe. Maybe like the, almost 8 months. Yeah.
0: Now, then in the Navy, what what were some of those things that that the navy taught you that you still apply to your everyday life, or you just apply it to your life. Period.
1: Attention to detail. I teach that to my kids all the time, and like that's kind of it's my it's a really good thing that really caught me, and I really stick to that attention attention to detail. But it's actually my detriment too because I spend hours trying to that perfect, perfect, to perfect things in detail mm-hmm. that I hear and I can't let go of it, but it's, it actually works to my, uh, it, it works to my, uh, you know, I can't get the words out, but you know what I mean? Yeah. So attention to detail, that's one of the biggest things.
0: All right. Now we get to the uh, the, like the grand opening of the studio. Mm-hmm. Take me back to the day before, after you got everything together, like everything is in place. Mm-hmm. And you, I, I guess I don't know if you probably slept the night before. My mm-hmm. take, just take me back to how what was that feeling for you? It's like, man, I'm really opening up my own studio facility. Like, like, what was that feeling like how, 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 for you the night before that you woke up and you're like, this is my grand opening for my studio, man? Take me to that moment.
1: Yeah. So the night before, man, like, I'm not gonna lie, man, I was tired you was doing a lot it's dude like when i tell you it's hard man like from start to finish like because the building i was in i it was gutted out like i had to do every i'm gonna say every single thing but a lot of things like so the night before i was like man i just want to kind of get this over with like you was worn out (laughs) i was worn out like i was tired man i just and then it was the relief that day of because No, I'm capping, man. It really wasn't. I had a lot of work that day, but the day after, you know, but I was just kind of more like, man, I can't wait to get, just get it open, man. And just reach, get over that hump because building up to that point, man, it just seemed like I could never get, make it up that hill because it was so much work to do.
0: Now, for, I guess, a young entrepreneur who may be watching or uh, listening to this, man, what were some of those things you had to go through as far as trying to open up that facility? Like finding a building, uh, yeah. uh getting the proper paperwork and stuff like that. Like what like what are some of the other things that people may not know that you had to go through to get this building open?
1: Yeah, so um the biggest thing I found out is like before you even look for a building, which I wouldn't do, I don't have I don't live with regrets. But if I had to kind of do some things over again, I would actually go to the city first. Like, uh, I didn't know that. I just went straight to the building and just, like, start working on getting the building over. But the problem is, is, like, before you can even open that building, the city has approved. So go to the city, and they're going to, at least the South City of South Haven, gave me a checklist. Like, all right, this are all the things you need to have from front to end. And those things in that checklist actually... You, actually works you to where you need to be it, overall like no, mm-hmm. no cap like you just need to follow that checklist and you will be an entrepreneur a business owner you know from front to back. but I did half of those things on my list first and then went to the city but the problem is that like for instance I, did, I didn't know the building had to be zoned for a studio so here I am I put everything in my studio so the reason why I went to the city, because I need to have a certificate of occupancy. So in order to open a building, I have to have that certificate. But I went to the city, and they was like, oh, we got to make sure the building is zoned <laughs> for a studio. So that's, that, all, that was almost a scare, because I'm like, wait a minute. I just put about all this stuff, and they can come in and say, no, this is, this is not zoned zone for a studio. You got to move everything out. I stuffed it. Stuff like that. And like the fire department has to come in and do their checks and stuff like that. And I had purchased a lot of things that they said, no, you can't have that. And they made me take it out. I lost them again. Let's wait till I come back. There you go.
0: <laughs> so there were certain things that, like the fire department was like, "Hey, this can't be right here. This would be a fire hazard." So, like, yeah. it was. I, I, so I could just basically tell it was like a real big hassle. So I'm pretty sure, like, you just your brain was just constantly just running, yeah. having to deal with so much.
1: So if I had to tell anybody, I would say just go to the city first and say, "Hey, I need a." Um I need to. I'm. I'm thinking about getting a business in in this this city, and can you help me in that direction as far as what I need to have and make sure I'm good with the city? Start with that list first, and it'll lead you down the right path. Yeah, don't work backwards like me.
0: (laughs) Hey, man, but hey, you got your facility open, and uh, how has it been since you had it open, man?
1: Man, it's been full of surprises. Like I'm not gonna lie, like I was expecting some business. But but I was also expecting some business too. I'm a little overwhelmed, you know by I even had to reach out to somebody to help me run sessions in the mornings, you know, but uh, it's been good, man it's been it's been surreal, you know, like sometimes I just sit there like daydream like dang not so yeah, it's like I'm doing this like i've been I had this dream since I was a kid, you know, so it's it's been good.
0: Man, uh, one of the posts that I uh, came across is about the uh, little kids who booked the uh, studio session with their mom's <laughs> credit card, had yeah. their grandmother drop them off so they can do a song for their mom. Man, I, I know that was like very touching right there. That mm-hmm. I, that, was, that touched me, and that it wasn't even my story, but reading man. that, man, that was very touching.
1: Yeah, man, it's they came in, they they sung uh, a Christmas song for their mom and their mom didn't even know about it. And I'm not going to lie, I was like I didn't know how to feel cuz I was like, okay, I don't know what to expect out of little kids and they were telling me that they never sang before like so I was like, okay, I want to make sure I get this right for their mom, mm-hmm. you know, cuz that's that special, you know, so man, mm-hmm. it was it was it was a touching situation for sure. Oh
0: man. Now, what do you see for for your studio facility and this far for you and your career, like in the next three to five years.
1: It's funny you say that, man. Um, I was writing down my goal sheet, uh, again, you know, that's what I have. I have a goal sheet and, um, I revise it. And, um, so the next four, I say, I, I did it up to the next four years. Um, I see the company in the next four years in a bigger space and, my ultimate dream was never really a... Rec- it was a recording studio, but my biggest end game was to be a sh- strictly a music pusher for the music and for the industry. Like, a, be a production company, a music production company for the industry. Uh, whether it's commercials, jingles, like artists. Um, like, for instance, I want Sony to come to me and say, hey, can you... We need your production company to produce this artist. They're just signed. Boom, boom. We want to use your writers. We want to use your uh, your musicians. The whole nine yard. Ink the deal with Sony. Boom. You know that's my end game. But that's maybe a little bit far off. But that's where I hope to be in the next four to five, in the next three to five years. I say more like five years. But I have some financial goals I want to reach with the studio in order to get me there first within the next three years.
0: Oh, Man, well, I'm letting you know, man. You, you diff- i know you will. You definitely, you got it. To yeah. like, you got that. Uh, you got the ability to accomplish your goals, man. So appreciate I'm the same that. way. Like, far as yeah, what man. my expectations are with my platform this year, and like, uh, the people who I want to sit down with, I got a list, and of course, I yeah. had you on there. So I believe in you. I definitely I appreciate it,
1: man. Appreciate that. Now
0: no problem now for those who want to get at you far as production wise or want to get at you to book some studio time man let them know where they can find you
1: yeah uh simple is just simple man slim production studios.com if you go on that Slimproductionstudios.com, you'll have it, it's pretty much lays it all out recording mixing mastering uh track sessions if you want to come in and just uh you want me to do a track session for you i do that on the other hand you can find me on um easy way is is i am slim pro on instagram so you look up i am slim pro on instagram uh, i'm I'm easy to reach there or slim production studios on instagram and so forth i had people i would say facebook but people said they couldn't find me on facebook but those are the the mainstreams instagram and my website
0: all right man uh thank you for taking your time out. i know you're a very busy brother but I thank you for taking the time out to be on my platform. You always have uh, a home here. If you need to promote anything, man, it's all love and all support over here, my guy.
1: Yes, sir. Hey, and I appreciate you having me, man, because um, like this is actually my first official interview on like a podcast or a such or such a platform like yours. So you know, I'm, it's always intriguing to be on something like this. I hope you go far in it, man. I really do.
0: Thank you, my brother. Thank you, my brother. Uh, I'm J.J. Miles, this is Slim Pro, and we are out. Yeah.